25, the turnabout begins. There is someone to whom I wish to pay a great tribute, said the king. So I call upon you, Haman, to suggest the proper manner for treating the man whom the king desires to honor. Haman was so excited with this opportunity to outline the honors he inferred were intended for himself that he momentarily forgot the original purpose of his visit and gave his imagination free reign. There is no greater honor for any man, your majesty, Haman began in his most diplomatic manner, that the than the public knowledge that the king delights in his honor. But great care should be taken to publicize this fact in the most dramatic manner. The public will be properly impressed only if royal trappings are used and many princes are involved. Let the princes therefore dress the man in royal robes and mount him upon the horse which the king himself rode on his coronation day. Then he must be led out into the main thoroughfare of the capital by the noble princes who will proclaim, Thus shall be done to the man whom the king wishes to honor. In his fancy, Haman already envisioned himself resplendent in the royal robes and proudly riding upon the king's steed, with princes all around him and streets filled with admirers cheering him. But he was rudely brought back to reality by the king's snapping order. Make haste and take the the apparel and the horse as you suggested and perform all the honors that you have so wonderfully outlined on behalf of Mordechai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. The king's anger at Haman for deceiving him had turned to fury at now observing his ambitions for the crown itself, and he refused to hear a word of protest. You are to personally dress him, mount him, on the horse and lead him through the streets with the proclamation that he is the man whom the king wishes to honor. For it is he who discovered the plot against me and saved my life. I warn you not to neglect one detail of all the honors you suggested, for Mordechai deserves them all. Now off with you. Stunned by the sudden turn of events, Haman spent the next few hours and a days. Here he was, the prime minister of the land, and second in importance to the king forced to lead like a slave the horse upon which sat his worst enemy. He could hardly believe that it was his voice proclaiming, Thus shall be done to the man man whom the king wishes to honor. About the very same Mordecai, whom he had expected to see dangling this morning from the lofty gallows. When the parade was finally ended, with Mordecai's return to the king's gate, Haman trudged homeward, mournful and covered with shame. Once again, once again, he convened a council of his wife and friends, whom he hoped to convince that all was not yet lost. You probably think, he told them, that your advice boomeranged, and that the king not only refused to let me hang Mordecai, but even insisted on my honoring him as a demonstration of his innocence. Well, it was not that bad. I just suffered a stroke of bad luck in setting Mordecai's execution on the very day when the king decided to pay him some old debt of gratitude. Now that this debt has been repaid, I am confident that I can convince the king that the Jew deserves to be to hang for disobeying the royal decree to bow down before me. But Haman's wife and counselors did not share his confidence. Shalom.